What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Kyle and Derek back with you, learning every single day how not to be youth a pastors. Husband. Oh, oh, sorry. That's a that's our other podcast. Yes, that that's the one that's underground in the black market that you need to be a, <laughs> a paid premium subscriber to. I'm unfamiliar with this Spotify black market that you speak of for podcasts. Well, you know, sometimes when you're just that edgy youth pastor, you have a few connections. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Because <laughs> I, I don't. Either. I don't have those connections. I don't, I don't either. Oh dear. Um, that, that's why I became a lead pastor. For sure. Uh, quick question of the day, Derek. Who thought jelly filled donuts were a good idea? You know what? That is a great question because any form of filled donuts, period, are absolutely disgusting. It doesn't matter if it is like, I mean, name your pick on the jelly filled side, um, but even custard. I mean, custard are even more disgusting. I was telling Kyle, it's almost like you are eating toothpaste inside of your donuts. It is just not a pleasant experience. Why don't you tell them this morning, Kyle, what your experience with donuts was and why this question is relevant. So here's the deal. Derek and I got together this morning. We we're like, hey, we're going to record some podcasts. Cool. Yep. Sounds great. Uh, normal stuff. And I stopped by Quick Trip this morning, grabbed some donuts. Which, for- which if you don't live in the Midwest, is like the superior it gas station. It is the ultimate gas station in all but one way. Uh, Casey's has better pizza. That is very true. Uh, Thank you for clarifying. Um, quick trip has like, like their grocery. I I don't know that I'd necessarily call it grocery, but they've got like eggs and bananas and some stuff like that at a very competitive price, but they have donuts, which are delicious. And so I stopped by quick trip to get, uh, I got four donuts. I got two glazed donuts and I got two, uh, you know, I don't even know chocolate. what they're called. I mean, they're the, like the chocolate. round ones, but like yeah. they're not, they're the round ones, but there's the hole in the middle still. It's like yeah. a, a frosted, maybe? frosted donut. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it had chocolate frosting on it. It looked delicious. I was really excited about it. So I got, you know, two of each, uh, for us and came to my office and Derek got here and I took a nice big bite into that chocolate covered donut and lo and behold, there was jelly in it and it completely ruined my morning. You were straight up like, Oh, <laughs> I, I was so disappointed. <laughs> you were, you were, you, I thought you were going to take this desk and just flip it because I, I could just tell you were just truly discouraged. By being, the being the person on the other side of the desk, I have to imagine that me, I, I me flipping it, yeah. me flipping it would have not gone well for you. Would have not been a fan for sure. Uh, no, uh, according to good friends of the show, Wikipedia, uh, which Wikipedia, I, I have to say, you know, my teachers growing up always told me that we couldn't use Wikipedia as a source for stuff. And I, I get it yeah, because anybody can edit Wikipedia, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know if everybody else went through this phase, but I definitely went through like a week or two when I was in middle school where I was like, I'm going to edit a Wikipedia page. This yep. is going to be hilarious. Yep. And like within 24 hours, somebody else had edited it back to the original stuff. And it was, I picked like the most obscure Wikipedia page I could find. So I don't know who's keeping tabs on all this stuff, but it does get corrected. On a very unrelated note, I'm going to jump on a rabbit trail here. Have you seen those like TikTok guys or I guess they're on other social media platforms where they like try and connect like two very random things. And like the, the task is you have like a minute and a half and you have like a fern and LeBron James. And so you start with a fern, like the plant, 
and you can only like click related, like you can only click the hyperlinks inside that Wikipedia page, and you have to like Genius. find your way to LeBron James. It's kind of fun. That is that is pretty good. I like. We'll have to we'll have to play that game sometime. Yeah. Um. But the reason that I bring Wikipedia up is that uh, it looks like jelly donuts uh, were potentially a Jewish or Polish uh, thing. Okay. In uh, I believe the first record of a jelly donut appeared in the Polish translation of a German cookbook. Oh, okay. Published in 1532. That would do it. So, uh, and then it all went downhill from there. So what you're telling me, Kyle, is jelly-filled donuts have been around since before the King James Version of the Bible. And before America. That's fair. Wow. And... Good it, on you, jelly-filled and, donuts. And we you might be still, terrible, but... We still haven't figured out that they're terrible. We salute you. It's it's impressive. No, I don't want to salute jelly-filled donuts because they're you, terrible. You can honor people and things that you don't like. That's why I honor you. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was that was an awkward silence, Kyle. You know what? If only people saw what you did off camera and off script, like they would understand why I. I, I do nothing in. but love and appreciate you. Not Derek. true. Not uh, true. <laughs> today's episode, we are talking about. Uh, planning sermon series, planning content for your youth ministry, because Derek, today on the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, we are getting a little bit organized. We need to get organized. Let's be honest. If you're not organized, you are disorganized. That was some hard-hitting uh, truth knowledge bombs I could, being I could be dropped. a journalist, honestly. You could. That was, that was some exquisite uh, English poetry. Thank you. Right there. Uh... It is it is important to uh, to plan out your sermon series. We're gonna we're gonna get into why uh, on today's episode. We're gonna talk about uh, you know doing standalone sermons versus sermon series. Uh, you know, is there some content that you want to touch on every year versus every few years? And then we'll get into uh, you know some of our individual contexts between Derek and I, and and some depth that we get into as yeah. well with some of the other curriculums and different things that uh, that we get into on a regular basis throughout the year. So, Derek, you ready for this? I'm really ready. I'm excited. Bring it on. All right. First question: Why is planning this stuff out important? Um, you might disagree with us, but you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, direction, like you need direction yeah. in your youth ministry. Right. Um, you know, you, you can't take your students somewhere if you don't know where you're going, which is almost as good a poetry as what Derek gave us earlier. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, this is actually true. This is actually like. Well, I, what you said is also true. It's well, just not helpful. Yeah, that, there it is. There, you there. know what the opposite of disorganized <laughs> is? Organized. Yeah, I'm a quick thinker. No, it's it's so true. I mean, I when I first started, you know, you had, so my context, as we mentioned before, is a little bit different than Kyle's just because Kyle walked into a framework of a ministry and then just kind of built upon that and kind of redid the foundation I kind of walked in and, and had nothing. Um, and that, that's not a, I'm better than Kyle because I'm not. That's what I heard. Yeah, I know. But, you know, when you first start a ministry, 
Like you are almost just focusing on just like the next step. Like you are just focusing on like, what am I going to do next? Because that's all you have time for. But I realized the hard way that if you don't have that direction, as Kyle is saying, you end up regurgitating a lot of the same message the same way, just package it differently. And someone's going to come back and say, well, isn't that like the gospel? It's the same message. Yes, but like there's so much depth that is untapped in the Bible that if we don't like just plan ahead and be very strategic, we're missing out on like some of the true meat and and some of the true presentation that our students need uh, if we're not preparing and planning ahead. Right. And there's a lot of youth pastors out there that are not type A. Uh, you know, they are yeah. whatever Enneagram is the most disorganized. That's the Enneagram that's most popular right. for youth pastors. Right. Um, but you need some organ, like you need direction and you need organization, uh, within your youth ministry. Because like Derek said, like there's a lot, uh, to the Bible, you yeah. know, there, there's a lot of Bible to cover, uh, as a youth pastor, you think even if you think about having a youth student in your ministry for all six or all seven years, if you're middle school and high school, that's that's a lot of years and you're still not going to get to it all. Right. And so, you know, you can't cover it all, but you can hit the most important stuff. Yep. If you are intentional about kind of planning that out, otherwise, like Derek said, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a loop of um I I feel like I'm hitting the same stuff over and over again. Yep. But that also inherently leaves out a whole bunch of stuff that isn't in that loop. Well, and you might not even realize it and that you're in that loop because you know I I have had situations where it's almost like I said that we talked about that I preached that I don't remember that but they do. Not always, but they do. Like I had, uh, I don't understand this concept of youth students remembering your messages. Yeah, what is that like? It must be nice, right? <laughs> but no, like I, I had a student, one of my leaders, come up to me who's been with me since I got here, and like she, like is awesome, and I love her. And she was like, you know, like I just, I'm kind of a little bored because I've heard all this stuff before. And like at first, I was kind of like a, oh, like I, I kind of felt like I failed. I kind of felt as if. I robbed her of something and it wasn't so much that, but it was more so just like a challenge to me of going, okay, like I, cause at, up to that, this conversation, I had been doing more and more of this planning ahead just to make life a little easier. But I started to see the need for, you know, when you can see things from a 10,000 foot view, you see things differently than if when it's just right up in your face a little bit. And so when you can kind of plan ahead and get stuff ready, you not only hit the things you need to hit, but you also realize where you're getting repetitive because when you're just in this cycle and you're just going through, because especially youth pastors, odds are you're doing a million other things as well in your mm-hmm. church. You forget where, what you've done, where you've been using that illustration. It can be easy to forget. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's cause you might not realize you're in that loop until your students start to go, Oh, here we go again. You know, yep. We've been down this road yep. before. So, yeah, I mean, you you really do the need, need that organization in your ministry because there is just there's so much to the Bible, you know. And I think something I want to say here as we as we talk about sermon series and as we do all this stuff, uh, I feel like this is an important aside before we go any farther. There are a million and one different resources right now for you to get content. There are you can go to lifechurch.tv and Craig Rochelle's church, and they have a million and one free curriculums for you to use. 
Uh, there are paid curriculums for different, you know, kids ministry. The, the level of content I feel mm-hmm. like right now has never been higher, which is a good thing. The scary part is sometimes we take shortcuts where we can't take shortcuts. Instead of spending time in the word, instead of spending time asking God what he wants us to do, where he wants us to go, letting him lead, we just start perusing content and go, ooh, that looks cool. That looks that looks like that could be good instead of actually letting the Holy Spirit lead. And so, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of practical things here, but I think Kyle and I would both say that this does not substitute your need to be in the word, seeking God's face, asking the Holy Spirit to lead you and lead your ministry because these things might enhance your ministry, but they can't be the foundation or else it's shaky. Yeah, there's... The, the upside is that there's so much content readily available. Yep. And the downside is that there's so much content <laughs> readily available. I see what you did there. Uh, because, you know, it's a great thing to put resources in people's hands. If I, if I, I can preach a sermon series and then throw it up on a website and other people can take that sermon series and make it their own, yep. the trick is making it your own. Yep. Uh, you know, if you are a fully volunteer youth pastor or you're, you know, part-time, uh, you might not have, not might, you don't have the same amount of time you can allot to building out a sermon or building yeah. out a sermon series than somebody who is uh, paid full-time yep. to do youth ministry. And so having some of these resources, especially for, I think it's something like 80% of youth pastors are not full-time. And so that's that's a huge resource to be able to equip and empower those youth pastors. The problem comes when those uh, either those youth pastors or full time youth pastors doesn't matter. Uh, you know, first of all, plagiarism is yeah. a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know that that's not something that we all left behind once we graduated high school or college. Yep. Right. <laughs> you know, if if you pulled your sermon from somewhere give credit. Like, I don't even care if it says at the top of the website, these are all free, use them however you want. Right. You should probably still give some credit where credit is due. Yep. That being said, especially, you know, if, if you have been doing youth ministry for longer than, I don't know, six months, you should have a pretty good feel for your students, uh, your congregation. Yep. Build that sermon series out farther than, or that individual sermon. Build upon the the bones that you're getting. Like, yep. I'm if I take this is the the scripture and the three main points or whatever from this message. Yep. Like somebody else already put that together. Awesome. Yeah. But I'm gonna include my own stories. Yep. I'm gonna flesh it out farther so that it hits closer to home in the context that I'm in. And I this turned into a nice little soapbox here, but I, I it's true, really though. don't love no when when pastors, youth pastors, whoever are you know, I'm just gonna steal all of my content and and I think that uh like I think that was something that back in the day Mark Driscoll got in a lot of trouble for yeah. was just basically plagiarizing other people's sermons. Well, one it's wrong, right? I mean that that that's obvious. But two students, congregants for that matter, can tell the difference. They especially if you've been there for a while, they know how you preach. They yep. know how you know how you organize things. They'll be able to tell, like, you know, one time I used a curriculum and I did exactly what you just said in a good way, 
where it's like, I, I took the skeleton, but I put all the guts inside. Yep. I put my stories, my take on it. I used the scripture, but then I added another one of mine, so on and so forth. So it, it was, it was my sermon. But so I asked my wife afterwards, I was like, you know, how did it go? She goes, it was good, but I could tell it wasn't you. Mm. And, and, and that was interesting to me because, you know, I do have the luxury of having, I mean, maybe not so much now as we step into a lead role, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I had the luxury of having the time to really build things from the ground up in terms of sermons and, and that type of thing. But, you know, it, you can tell the difference because you just, you format things, you say things differently. There's even a confidence thing. You know, when you just know your message backwards and forwards and it's, it's, it's the thing that you've been processing and God's been downloading to you, you speak with a different authority yeah. than if you're just presenting and reading somebody else's stuff. And, yeah. and so, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to rip on this because I, I, these things are super helpful, but I think the point we're trying to make is you still need to put in yourself into this message and yeah build there's got to be a balance there yeah uh, and and I think that as as long as you know you are making it your own and uh we've been talking as a as a youth ministry team over the last month or so uh just about I mean, we've been going through a sermon series on spiritual disciplines with our yep. youth students and, and thinking about, uh, you know, studying scripture, thinking about worship, like all of these things come back to fresh revelation from God. Yep. And there's so much in the Bible that, you know, I, I could study it every single day for the next 50 years and have hardly scratched the surface. Correct. And when, when, like Derek said, when you get passionate about something as a youth pastor, because God put a fresh revelation in your heart, because you spent time with him, because you spent time in the word, because you spent time in prayer and worship, all of that is going to overflow into yep. the sermons that you write, the sermons that you preach. And if you are just taking everything from other people, your sermon, like, you know, it could be good, you know, it's all right. Yep. Uh, but it's not, it's not going to instill the same sense of revelation in your students than if it was a fresh revelation that God gave you. When you get excited about something, your students will get excited about 100%. it. hundred percent. Like I was, what blessed me, uh, last week, I got a text from a student saying, Hey, are we doing a spring give this year? Haven't mentioned it once yet because I'm waiting until next week to drop it. That blessed me because yeah. like, I am excited about giving to missions and the students are starting to get excited about it themselves, which is why they're asking if we're doing one. Yep. And so like, that is all the more reason if you get excited about it, which how do you get excited? Um, God, <laughs> Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Fair. Like, you know, they'll get you excited about something and it trickles over. And so that excitement is a huge piece and you know, it does help. So you can do that in a standalone thing too. You can do that in a sermon series, but uh, there is one more thing. At, at well, bef before we get move on to that, I, I do yeah. want to just talk briefly about like standalone sermons okay. versus yeah. sermon series. Sure. Um, they're both good. Yeah. There. Done. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that there's, you know, reckon, have, have a little discernment and, uh, you know, be in touch with the spirit. There's a time and a place where, you know, Hey, let's do this sermon series or Hey, this is just a standalone sermon. It's not a part of a series or anything, but it's something that I feel like 
God really wants to, you know, to bring to the forefront with our youth ministry. It could be, uh, you know, we just want to do a, a standalone sermon on, uh, you know, first John chapter three yep. and you know, that for that, we're just going to do that chapter and then we're going to move on to what's next. Yeah. Uh, it could also be like a timely thing where, uh, Hey, there's something going on in our, in current events right now. There's something, whatever. Uh, and so we're going to do a standalone sermon on that, uh, topic, that subject kind of addressing, uh, yep. this current event, uh, there, there's a lot of different ways to do standalones. Well, um, you know, you can string together five standalones and you know, it, the nine, it's not a cohesive sermon series, right? uh, but it's also not bad to do something like that. It, it all is kind of that basically what I'm saying is that it's all good. Yep. Don't get stuck in the rut of everything has to be a sermon series right. or nothing can be a sermon series. They all have to be standalones. I feel like the theme of today is... I mean, these are all principles that, you know, we kind of operate under, but this is not law. This is not yeah. a scriptural demand. This is you as the youth pastor, you as the ministry leader, it is part of your job to know your context and read your people. And so you got to know if sermon series are something that gels well with your congregation, do them. If, if, if they're not super into it, don't do as many and kind of cast that vision if that's important to you and, and just kind of do it. I will say with standalones, what I've done a few times that's been helpful. Sometimes if I have a longer sermon series that stretches seven, eight weeks, and I know I got another deep one coming up in the next whatever, I'll throw in a standalone or two in between just to break it up. Yeah. Just so it's not as much of a, like a, whoa, we just finished that. Now we're launching into another big one. Um, they can kind of be good natural breaks because again, you're reading your, your students, you you want to keep them engaged. Yeah. I mentioned the spiritual discipline series and every, it was actually, it was a really hard one to put together because yeah. everybody has a different list on what is or is right. not a spiritual it's discipline. Like spiritual gifts. There's like a different list for. Right. And so, you know, everybody would agree like, okay, prayer, reading the Bible, worship, fasting, like some of those yeah. are, but like, you know, some people, I think some, somebody had fellowship on theirs, solitude. chastity, solitude, generosity. Like there's a whole bunch of them that are, you know, some people would include, some people wouldn't. And yep. so it was hard to put it together. It wound up being a nine where it's a nine week series that we're doing, which wow. is long, like yeah. you said. And so how I have found uh, uh, the way that I found to kind of break it up a little bit is I'm not preaching all nine weeks. Nice. Um, I, I had one of, one of my adult leaders uh, a few weeks ago who, uh, she's really passionate about fasting. She's also had some cool. really cool experiences with fasting. And yeah. so I asked her to do that message. Nice. Uh, and then good friends of the show, Nate and Sarah Engler, yep. uh, our worship leaders. Uh, we just did last week, we did our, uh, worship nice. message. And so Nate, uh, preached the worship message. And so, cool. you know, finding some different ways, uh, just to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and you can even do this with the order of your service. Maybe that's a podcast episode. Yep. We'll have to do. We sometime. just did that a few weeks ago and it helped like switching up the order of service and yeah. adding in some different elements. And <laughs> I yeah. thought you meant that we did that episode a couple weeks no. ago and I was like, I do not remember that talking at about, all. Talking about memory. Uh, and, and, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, so before we dive into, uh, you know, talking about some nitty gritty stuff, Stuff with with planning sermons, uh, the last thing that I want to touch on here is uh, sermon graphics, yeah, and and graphics in general. Um, I might be the wrong person to ask here because I have a very passionate 
uh, maybe not passionate, but I have a, I have a very resolute stance on that. Um, okay. I have to take a time out here because <laughs> I, I use the word resolute. Okay. Yep. You're proud of yourself, weren't you? I, first of all, I am yes. Expanding the vocabulary, but there's only one other, uh, place that I've ever heard something described as resolute. And, and that's where I, I get it from. You're going to say, uh, not a TV show. It's a movie. Okay. National treasure. (laughs) Wow. What's seen in national treasure? Uh, there, they have the, uh, this is man. I I haven't seen that movie in way too long. That's a good one. It is a good one. Uh, it's the right at the very beginning. Have you seen it? Of course. Okay. Several times national treasure. That's a good, that's a good question. National treasure is a great movie. Uh, I think the first one's better than the second one, but the second one's still good. I would agree. Uh, so th- right at the beginning of the first movie, they are in that uh, ship, ship that's frozen the, the in the Arctic. One. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're trying to solve the clue that they yep. have. Uh, and I believe the, the clue reads 55 in iron pen. And, and he's like, no. Of course no. you know that. <laughs> Of course you know that. <laughs> and he's he's trying to think through it. And it's like, you know, they're thinking like iron pen describes a prison. They're like, no, no. Yeah. And then he's like, what if iron doesn't describe the pen? It describes what was penned. And he's like, you know, it is it is firm. It is resolute. Yeah. It is, you know, so, yeah. and, and I'm like, okay. So that's, that's the only other time I've ever heard the word resolute. The fact that you pull out that scene from National Treasure... Thank and you. you know it that well, and that's where you get res. Like I, I have a newfound respect for you because I know exactly what scene you're talking about, but I could not tell you that he said resolute there. Also, Riley, oh, I is love the Riley. Best character in that so series. Funny. He's hilarious. Oh my goodness, I love Riley. Um, All right, so. Outside of Resolute, <laughs> Nicolas Cage, and National... Wow. Dude, we are the king of just rabbit trails. But I feel like if you're a youth pastor listening, you get it. Because oh, 100%. Th- this is just where you're... You're like, yeah, up. that's where I would have gone with yeah, it, too. absolutely. Okay. So, when, sermon when did, graphics in your resolute stance. My resolute stance on sermon graphics is they, I, the longer I've been a youth pastor, the more pointless I think they are. Okay. Um, and... It is probably different if you are at a church that... It, you know, has the capacity for a somebody who's passionate about yep. like Photoshop or yep. graphic creation, uh, where they not only do they like doing it, but they're good at it. So it's easy. So it's quick. But before you go any farther, I'm curious. We didn't talk about this. So I'm throwing you a curveball here. I love curveballs. Do you feel this way about all church services or strictly youth ministry? Uh, a good question. I'm starting to lean more toward most church services. Okay. Um, now, you know, part of it is with, like we were talking about earlier, there's a whole bunch of content out there. You might find a sermon series like, yep. Hey, I love this series. I'm going to kind of borrow from this and make it my own, Yep. but it comes with a graphic. Sure. Cool. Use if it. you're really passionate about creating graphics, fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I have found that especially, I think this is true for church as a whole, but especially in youth ministry, I really think that students couldn't care less. Correct. Um, over, I, when I first started as a youth pastor, I created a new graphic for every single yep. sermon series that we did. Yep. Um, I had a full 
Adobe Creative Cloud account. And so I had access to all of the, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, all of those things. Yep. And I'd create a new a new graphic for every single sermon or every single sermon series. Yep. And it was so exhausting, partially because it's not something I'm super gifted in. Sure. And I didn't enjoy doing it. It took up way too much of my time. Sure. And so in that sense, I'm so glad I stopped doing that. All of our text, all of our s- stuff on the screens on Wednesday nights, it's black background with white text yeah. and the students couldn't care less. Right. And so I think that if it's something that is taking up a bunch of your time as a youth pastor, just stop doing yeah, it. Right. Uh, now, in a larger church context, the other the other thing is if if you are really really active on social media and you can leverage some of those Correct. graphics yep. uh, in social media posts, I think that there there's also a a benefit there yeah. uh, to having some graphics. But for the most part, uh, and and maybe this is just me, but I find it I found it so tedious and so laborsome to create those all the time yep. that I just, I was like, screw it. We're not doing yeah. this anymore. <laughs> right. And, and I will, I will kind of add in a little bit of, uh, a little bit of pushback here just because that's what I like to do sometimes. But cause I, I, I fully agree with you, I, you know, with everything you just said, but I will say is I do think they help if it's, if it's advent, <laughs> they help if it's advantageous. That's, that's a little <laughs> redundant. Um, if you so here's what I was gonna say. We have a fantastic person in our church who loves graphic design, loves it. Uh, and she does a fantastic job with it. And so developing her and empowering her to make good graphics does not does not really add anything to my plate. It's more so empowering her to do something that she loves to do. And on the back side of things, we get some pretty sweet stuff coming out of it. And so I think I think when it comes to graphics, it's not so much graphics itself. It's more so what goes into it and what comes all on the other end of it. And what I mean by that is if you're investing two, three, four hours for a sermon graphic that is taking you away from hanging out with students, being with your family, if it's making you do extra work. Developing the sermon that you're writing. Right. It's not worth it, right? It's 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 not, you know, to, to use my favorite phrase, the juice is not worth the squeeze. It's just Love not. Love it. And so, you know, but like, I do think that context is huge. You know, uh, if you're, and this is not all, 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 all things, but if you're in a more rural context, you can, you might not really matter about all these different graphics and making things polished. If you live in a big city or a suburb though, where every other organization and thing has polished graphics and stuff, it might be a little bit more important. And so to be clear, again, just to go with the theme of our thing, it's it's about your context. It's about your priorities. It's about knowing what is important in your specific ministry. But ultimately, I think the point is graphics will not make or break your sermon series. It just purely is an additive and you have to decide if it's too much time or not. Yeah. And I think just one final note on this, if, if it's causing you to be a little bit too rigid where like, I I'd love to do this sermon series, but I don't have a graphic for it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Just ditch the graphic at that point. Yep. All right. So talking about sermons, sermon series, kind of planning stuff out. 
Um, one of the things that I, I'd encourage our listeners to do is kind of break things out into two different categories. Uh, you know, what, what are some things, some content that you want to touch on every single year versus what is content that you want to touch on every few years or, or, you know, less often, uh, some examples of stuff that you might want to touch on every single year, the vision for your youth ministry, uh, most, most of the time in the fall every year. Uh, we will do either a sermon or a sermon series kind of talking about the vision for our ministry, what's important to us. You could um, even do that a few times a year. Yeah. And one of the other things I have on this list is, that's going to sound dumb, but salvation. <laughs> that's that's probably one you could hit on multiple times yeah, a year. Right. Uh, or every message. Right. Uh, Christmas. Easter, Good Friday, you know, things yep. like that. You yep. could, you know, you could hit on that every single year. It could be, you know, we got Easter coming up next week. Uh, we're going to, you know, if you want to do a, a one, one night sermon on Easter, or you want to turn it into a series leading yeah. up to Easter, you can do what you want. Yep. Uh, you know, missions, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit or the Trinity or something like that. Yeah. Uh, sharing your faith might be one that you yep. want to touch on every year. Uh, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's, maybe it's like sex and dating that you want to hit on yep. every February or every yep. prom season, whatever right. it is. Uh, emotions, there, relationships, there's a lot of topical things you probably want to touch on every year. Yeah, exactly. And, and all of those things, if, if you, if you think through at the beginning of the year, like maybe you take the summer and, and you try to plan out. Yep. You know, some of your upcoming school year sermons, yep. uh, you know, what can, what do we want to be a sermon series? What do we want to be a standalone uh, and, and kind of building it out from there and then filling it in with, okay, what are some of the things that we want to touch on maybe right. every few years? And these two lists were thrown out here. These are some ideas. It yeah. doesn't mean that you can't touch on these things more often. Uh, but some of the things I wrote down were like the Ten Commandments, yeah, uh, spiritual Good. disciplines, spiritual gifts, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I wrote that twice on here. <laughs> uh, it's very maybe that should be every year. I don't yeah. know. Uh, we, you know, one of the things I wrote down was like if there's like really hard topics, yeah, like sexuality and gender, yeah, uh, might be some some of the harder topics right now. Yep. Uh, in in our culture, and so it, maybe that's one that you want to touch on every year instead of uh, every few years. But right. uh, you know, maybe baptism belongs somewhere on this list, either every year or uh, every few years. My point is uh, creation. That'd be another good one to yeah. to touch on every few years, maybe. Yep. Uh, there's this kind of goes back to what we were saying about about the Bible being such an expansive book yeah. that you're not going to get through everything in one year, let alone seven. No. Uh, and so you can uh, kind of come up with, these are some of the things that I want to touch on every few years. These yep. are some of the things I definitely want to hit every single year. And then you can start to plan and build out from there. And these lists might change, right? That you might realize, man, like, Sermon on the Mount, I want to do this every year because this is, you know, so deep. And I think what, what's helpful uh, with planning, this goes back to, again, the the intent or the purpose of planning stuff out because like the Sermon on the Mount, for example, you're not slamming that out in a night. No. At least not well. We did an eight-week series over right. the summer last year. Correct. 
So when you can map out, okay, here are all the things I want to accomplish this year, you now can go, okay, Sermon on the Mount, I need eight weeks for this. Boom. And so not, not then, then, you know, the flip side of that is you all of a sudden you start to feel like, okay, like I want to talk about the Sermon on the Mount this week. And so you just run off, run through it really quick. And you're like, man, you get done with it. And you're kind of like, I, I, I kind of wanted to, I need to go more in depth with that. Yeah. And so now you go back into it next week and the kids are like, we just talked about this last week. Whereas if you're intentional and you look at things through the whole year, you go, okay, boom, 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 boom. It just flows better. And you know, it's, it's helpful because yeah, there are, there are going to be things that even, and this might go the other way too. You might do things every year that you go, you know what? We don't need to do that as mm-hmm. much. And, and context is key, but ages are also, are also a big thing. So if you have a split, if you have a split ministry, and what I mean by that is if you have a junior high and a senior high, your list might be different, right? Like you might have different topics that you want to cover in a given year or, or a given few years. And, um, you got to make it your own and know what your students need to hear, not just what they want to hear. Yeah. You might, uh, you might be in a context where you're also told, uh, some right. things that you need to cover if, if your church or your denomination have, uh, some beliefs where, where they say, Hey, we want you to cover these every year or every two years with your youth students, uh, planning all of this out so that you can give the appropriate amount of time to all these things, uh, is, is really, really important. Uh, it'll change. Your students will change. Their needs will change. But being able to to plan some of this stuff out is uh, is really important. And it, really quick, you know, kind of what I have done when it comes to this. And again, this is this is newer for me, and so I'm even still refining this process. However, you know, as Kyle's saying, breaking this up into year and few years is helpful. And so, you know, if there is a lull, you know, for us, the summer slows down significantly here in Minnesota because people go to cabins, they have sports, you know, whatever. So there's some extra time, and so. I might have a tentative line about, okay, in March, I want a three-week sermon series on relationships, sex, dating, whatever it is. You know, um, in April, we're going to do a missions push. Like, you start mapping those things out, but then every quarter, I know I kind of map out the year, but then every quarter, I start to go, okay, in this sex series, here's week one, here's what we're going to talk about, here's a few points, here's week two, do, 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 do. And so, when you start broad, it's really easy to get organized incrementally as yeah. you get closer and closer to your actual like Wednesday night gathering. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so the last thing here, because sermons are great, all right? You know, our our big group gatherings are awesome. For for both Derek and I, we do those on Wednesday nights, uh, you know, at our churches. Other churches are different. I had, actually, when I was growing up, so I went to a pretty large church growing up. And we built, when I was in fifth grade, our church built a new building, moved into that new building. And within two years, the kids and the youth ministries were so big that they couldn't coexist in the building on the same night of the oh week. Oh my gosh. Um, which is a, a good I guess problem to have. It's a good problem to have. And so, but, uh, you know, youth ministry drew the short end of the stick. And so it, uh, for a while, our youth ministry, I think there were two years we met on Monday nights. Monday uh, nights? And then uh, I think 
there were uh, maybe three or four years after that where we met on Saturday nights. Okay. Our church had one Saturday night service and then two on Sunday morning. And so uh, we had the, I think the Saturday night service was at like 530 and then youth group was at seven. Uh, and, you know, we kind of did it. It was something like that, but. Did that work? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, I cool. did that pretty much my entire high school life. Like it. Uh, it was, it, it was fine. It, it worked. And then we, we basically flipped it to where like Wednesday nights, then we had Bible studies in students' Got homes, okay. yep. uh, you know, led by adult leaders and stuff. And so it, it worked out really well. But my point is, you know, each youth ministry is going to be a different context, but most youth ministries and maybe the goal uh, for most youth ministries is that, you know, you're going to have students that want to go a little bit deeper than how deep you're able to go on a Wednesday night or, you know, in that large group gathering. And so I want to share, and and Derek will throw in his experience as well, just some of uh, our context as far as how we do that deeper stuff and the planning that goes into uh, what that is. And so I'm going to start with, we have a middle school, uh, Sunday school basically is, is what you could call it. Uh, we have two services here at Riverdale on Sunday mornings. And so during the first service, uh, our middle school class meets and for our school district, middle school is sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And so I have developed a three year curriculum that, you know, if we have a student that is in our our class all three years, they will have gone through this entire curriculum. And so uh, it's broken into three years. Year one, we go through Genesis and Exodus. Uh, year two, we basically go through the rest of the Old Testament, uh, which is flying. Yeah. Uh, and then year three, we do Luke and Acts. Nice. And, and so, again, the idea is by the time a student has gone through all three years, uh, you know, they might get the Old Testament and then Luke and Acts and then Genesis and Exodus, depending on what year they sure. they come into middle school. But like this year, we're going through Luke and Acts. And so then next year, we'll start back over with Genesis and Exodus. And it's a great way to take our middle school students and, and give them a foundation of most of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, a high school Bible study on Sunday nights that, and both of these meet during the school year. Uh, they don't meet uh, during the summer, but our high school Bible study, we do, uh, it's a, it's a little bit less Like I don't have a, a solid like four year curriculum for that. Uh, but a lot of times we will spend some time like going through ch one chapter a week in different new Testament letters. Uh, or, or I think we might do some stuff with, uh, with one of the gospels here coming up as well. But, um, a lot of that is geared toward, uh, a lot of discussion. It's very practical. Okay. What did this mean? You know, when it was written, what did it mean to the original audience? Now, how, how does that translate to what it means to us today? Uh, you know, what, how does this shape our faith? And we'll do some like open question nights with that as well. Uh, but it's a little bit more right now. It's a little bit more needs based or, or needs yeah. felt. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have like a four year curriculum with that, but a lot of it is, you know, kind of going through different new Testament letters. We're in first Timothy right now. Yeah. Um, we did, 
I believe we did Philippians, we did James uh, this year. And so it's kind of just jumping around a little bit. But uh, Derek, I know you mentioned that that you guys have like a, a once a month thing that yeah. you guys do. Yeah. So uh, we have one service at our church and because I'm not a like dedicated youth pastor a lot of times on Sunday mornings along with Kyle Just as well. For the record, most... that sounds terrible. What? I'm not a dedicated youth pastor. I'm more of like a flippant. Oh. I, I, I'm a youth pastor when I want to be, but yeah. I don't really care about it. You know what? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, let, me, let me rephrase, Mr. Resolute. Uh, I am not... My official title is the executive pastor, which means uh, on Sunday morning... I am not a youth pastor. Right. I am a, I'm coordinating our teams. I am making sure service is running smoothly. I am talking to guest speakers if they come in, so on and so forth. And so uh, types of things on Sunday mornings are kind of out the window for us. And so, you know, my, my solution to that is I have uh, a group of student leaders that come to our house once a month. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily like a closed group where it's like a secret society, but <laughs> it, it, it is like an invite only type of thing where I just, I see some cool things in students and I'm like, all right, we want to, we want to, we want to chat about this. We want to grow together. And so to your point or what you just said, I don't have a curriculum about that right now. Uh, you know, even as we're talking, I'm kind of letting my, my wheel spin here as to what that would look like. But, you know, what has worked well for us, uh, thus far is it is very, very, very much reading the room and knowing where our students are at because a lot of them are in very similar spots. And so because I interact with them throughout any given month, I have a good, a pretty good idea as to what is going on. Maybe they're feeling insanely overwhelmed by life. And so we're going to talk about how to welcome God into the chaos. Maybe they're feeling inspired and on fire and they're ready for more. So we're going to do a deep dive into whatever, but here's what I will say with this group. This has worked well for us. We come together. They're in our house. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Having them in your space, like getting to be a part of your life. It's so much more than just, not that it's ever a presentation because on a Wednesday, it shouldn't be a presentation. It should just be your heart. But, you know, you get to really just kind of take off that that formal hat and just live life and talk about the word in a real way. And so it's in our house. Um, the second thing we do is there is a time of connection and fellowship with the kids that they just get to interact with each other, catch up, do that type of thing, which is good. But then something we have started doing the last year that's been very helpful. Instead of having a full-on sermon, we read a text together. And so they bring their Bibles, but also I will throw, I'll pull up Bible Gateway on my computer and put it on my screen so we can all read from the same text and we walk through like a text. So last time we were talking about, um, you know, uh, gosh, I got it mixed up here. Uh, when they're when holding up the arms. Moses Mo- and Aaron. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I was going to say, I'm also reading through Joshua right now. So I'm, I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting those yeah. lines blurred a little bit. Um, you know, so when Moses is holding up his arms, like we read through that text. And so I, I don't, instead of, I've started doing this last few times and it's been so helpful. Instead of telling them what I see, I ask what stuck out to you. Yep. What'd you see? You know, and, and letting them pull stuff out because we're trying to teach them how to read for themselves. We're trying to yep. teach them how to dig into the word themselves. And so 
you know, listen and see what they pull out because one, you might challenge you, but two, you kind of say, Oh, that's a good, you know, feedback. Here's what I see. And it kind of, you know, teaching them to pull out the contacts and that type of thing. So, you know, in light of this particular topic of sermon series, I don't have a curriculum uh, and we could add that. But that said, I do have a general kind of idea of where I go. It is needs-based, but at the same time, it all centers around really essentially teaching them spiritual disciplines. You know, yeah. how to yeah. how to pray, how to read, how to worship, uh, fellowship and community. Those have been the last four or five that we've had and it's been really helpful. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it all comes back to, you know, there these are not rules that you absolutely have to follow, uh, but it can give your ministry much needed direction and organization. And if you if you start your year with kind of looking at this is where these are some of the things that I want to hit every single year. All right. Filling in here's some things that I want to hit every few years and leaving yourself some room for some of those needs based things to come up where the Holy Spirit says, Hey, this week I want you to talk about this. And you left yourself a few, you know, some open weeks right. where where you can do that. Or, you know, you've got a missionary that you want to bring in and, and share or you want to have right. one of your adult leaders share and you can just tell them like, Hey, preach on whatever you want. Yep. Um, you know, different things like that to, to be able to get, you're basically giving yourself flexibility, uh, in some of those things. And so that, uh, that does it for today's episode. Uh, we absolutely love all of our listeners, but the ones that are going to have a higher seat in heaven are the ones that will give us a five-star review. On I thought you were going to say who don't like jelly donuts. Oh, those two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Just you know, making sure we're there's on clear, page. there's obviously a, an extra, you know, level of heaven to yeah. the people that don't like jelly sure. donuts, but also to the people that give us good reviews and, you know, just love on us. And we really need positive affirmation. We do. Uh, in every single aspect of our lives. We but do. Uh, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, on behalf of Derek, I think it's about time that we go plagiarize some sermons. Goodbye. Goodbye.